You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. Uh, Take your Bible with me this morning and turn to 1 Kings chapter 9. We're going to read verse 1 through verse 9. This will be our text this morning. And I've entitled the message today, Walking in the Way of Your Father. Walking in the Way of Your Father. Why don't you stand with me as we read God's Word together. We seldom do this, but um, I feel led to do this today. I'll read verse 1, and you read verse 2 through verse 9. God's covenant with Solomon. First Kings chapter 9. I can still hear some of the pages rustling there. First Kings chapter 9 verse 1. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire which he was pleased to do And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house, the temple, the house of the Lord, which thou hast built to put my name there forever. And mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. Notice that verse. I think it's a key verse in this passage. And what's the word? If. If. If thou will walk before me as David thy what? Father. Walking in the way of your father. To keep God's commandments, his statutes, and his judgments. And that is... The whole issue of life. Verse 5 is the promise. Then I will establish thy throne for thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. Then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them for this house, which I have hallowed for my name, will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. Let's read verse nine. Let's read verse nine together. And they shall answer, because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold of and have worshipped them and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. Thank you. you may be seated. 
Notice the emphasis there on following in the steps of your father. To keep the Lord's commandments and his judgments and his statutes. You see, obeying God is not a matter of how you feel. Obeying God is not a matter of reasoning. Sometimes obeying God doesn't even seem reasonable. And there are many times that we don't feel like obeying God. But that has nothing to do with walking in obedience. We just simply obey and God promises that if we will obey, he will do what? He will bless. And so we obey our Lord by faith. Walking in the way of your father. Solomon said these words in the book of Proverbs. Most men, not all men, but most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness. People like to boast and brag about themselves and their accomplishments, don't they? Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. What is God calling Solomon to? God is calling Solomon to faithfulness, to keeping the commandments and the statutes and the judgments of the Lord, to be a faithful man. And then Solomon goes on and he says this, the just man walketh in his integrity. I have a message that I prepared several weeks ago, and this is the title of the message, Is There Any Integrity Left? But men of God are men who obey God, and they're men of integrity. The just man walketh in his integrity, but listen to this, and his children are blessed after him. God promises to bless a family if a man will be faithful, if a man will be just, if a man will hold to his integrity. God promises that he will bless that man and his family. A survey was taken among some young men not too long ago, and I was kind of shocked by this survey. But the survey asked the question of young men, and when we say young men, these are uh, college and career age young men that were asked this question. Who has had the most influence upon your life? Now, if I didn't know the answer to that, I would have said, you know, a lot of these young men would say my mother had the most influence upon my life. But again, I was shocked at this answer. 70% of these college and career young men said, my father. My father, 70%. My father had the most influence upon my life. Others included coaches, teachers, sports figures, pastors. I was really surprised at that one. Of course, I was at the bottom of the list there. And other community leaders. Recently, I was reading a story about a man who was an alcoholic. And uh, it was wintertime, 
and he was in desperate need of a drink. And he was at home alone with his young son and thought his young son was preoccupied in doing some other things, so he thought he would slip out of his home and he would make his way to the local bar, which was just right around the corner from his house, and he would get something to drink and then he would come back home. And so the snow was very deep that day and the man kind of snuck out of the home so his son would not know he was leaving and he was trudging through the snow down to the local bar when he heard a voice behind him saying, Daddy, Daddy, don't take such big steps. I'm trying to follow in your footsteps. And he looked around and saw his small son just trying to step in his dad's footprints in the snow. That father fell under such deep conviction because in the past, someone had shared with him the gospel. And he came under such deep conviction of the Holy Ghost that he fell on his knees in the snow, cried out to God to forgive him and to change his life because he knew where his steps were leading his young son. God said to Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. Now I want you to stop and think about this for just a moment. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7 says this about Noah. By faith Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet. It had never rained up to that point. I didn't even know what rain was. Much less a flood. Moved with fear he prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Now, if you know anything about Noah, we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 6. How long did it take him to build this ark? That's exactly right. For 120 years, he was building this ark. He had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And for 120 years... These boys worked alongside of their father, following in their father's footsteps, following the vision that God had given to Noah, believing that dad was doing right, even though they were mocked, they were scorned, they were ridiculed, made fun of the preacher of righteousness. But these boys gave their heart. To walking in the footsteps of their father. To the saving, not only of themselves, but their family and the entire human race. We are saved today. We are here today because Shem, Ham, and Japheth followed the way of their godly father. I was reading one former pastor. I thought this was quite moving. He said, once when I was a pastor, I had the privilege to see a father who had just come forward to be saved by the name of Charles to say, look behind you, Charles. And as Charles made his way down the aisle to the altar, Charles turned around to see right behind him his wife and his children following him down the aisle. 
The pastor said, I was so impressed with this thought where the father leads, the family will usually follow. Where the father leads, the family usually will follow. Being a dad is a great, great privilege. But it carries with it an awesome responsibility. Fathers, as we've already seen, are a tremendous influence upon their families. As, as, as a whole, I believe the course of a nation is determined by the fathers in that nation. That's why there is, there is such an attack today upon fatherhood. Fathers are ridiculed, maligned, made fun of. Someone just told me, I believe this was yesterday, there's a, a movie coming out. It's a, like a second movie or third movie, I'm not sure, called The Incredibles. It's a cartoon for kids. And this is what they told me. They said the mother has taken over the father's role. She's the one that goes out to work, and the father is the one that stays home and takes care of the kids. You see this everywhere in our culture and our society today. You want to know why? Because Satan knows how important fatherhood is to the success of a family, to the church, and also to the nation. Do you realize this, that over 75%, this is staggering, over 75% of men in prison come from homes without a father. When fathers walk away from their God-given responsibility, the whole family suffers. Whatever pathway a father walks in life, whether it's good or whether it's bad, children are likely to follow. Not always, but they are likely to follow. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19 says this about Abraham. God says, I know him. God knows me. God knows you. I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. He will command his children and his household after him. He will step up to the plate. He will take the leadership of the home and he will command, not ask pretty please, he will command his children after him to keep the way of the Lord, to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he hath spoken of him. What kind of man was Abraham? He was a faithful man. He was a just man. He was a man of integrity. And his children were blessed after him. A father's influence. Perhaps the greatest influence in a child's life. And that's why Satan is doing everything he can do to get fathers to walk away from and not assume the fatherhood role. I was reading this article, and I'm always apprehensive about reading articles because sometimes I just lose you. You know, some of you are really hard 
to keep your attention. And so, um, I want to. I just want to read this little, just an excerpt from this article. It was, it was written by Life, Hope, and Truth. It's an online magazine, Christian periodical. Just, just listen as I read. Many people have played a role in shaping who we are, but one figure has an enormous influence on our life, many times more than any other, and that's your father. Everyone knows that both mothers and fathers play an important role in the development of their children. Unfortunately, the positive impact a father can make is often overlooked and minimized in our culture today. Sadly, many grow up today without a father, And are shaped by his absence. According to the National Center for Fathering, children without a strong father figure in the home are more likely to be poor, become involved in drugs and alcohol, drop out of school, suffer from health and emotional problems. Boys can learn how to be men by watching their fathers. It's not necessary what the father is not necessarily what the fathers say but what they do that can show children how an honorable man conducts himself much of what a boy does when he grows up is learned as a child from his father so a father's example either good or bad will play a huge role in the man his son will eventually be we also learn our values from our fathers We don't always internalize every value they teach us, but in general, children will eventually have the values very similar to those of their parents. An example of this is King Solomon, who in his younger years requested wisdom when God offered him anything that he wanted in 1 Kings chapter 3. Solomon's desire for wisdom wasn't totally self-generated, but was instilled in him by his father, David, see Proverbs chapter 4. If children don't learn good values from their fathers, they will pick up their values, either good or bad, from other sources. Thus, fathers should be hard, should work hard to be the source of right values in their children's lives. To that I say, amen and amen. One father was at parents' day at school, and his son was hanging around some other boys, and they were talking about their father's. One little boy said, well, my father is a doctor and he has a, he has a lot of money and we have a swimming pool in our backyard. Another one of the boys said, well, my daddy is a lawyer and he even advises the president. Another said, my daddy owns a company and we even have our own airplane. The dad at that moment dropped his eyes as his son was getting ready to speak. Then he heard his son proudly say these words, my daddy's right here. Dads, let us not 
forget that our children need us more than they need anything that we can provide for them. The influence of a father is unmeasurable. I want to give you a few examples from the sacred scriptures concerning the influence of a father, good and bad. The Bible says, And he, Nadab, did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father, Jeroboam. He did evil. He lived his life the same way that his father, Jeroboam, lived his life. And in his sin, wherewith he made all of Israel to sin. The Bible said, And he, Basha, did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his grandfather, Jeroboam. Not only do fathers have an influence and an impact, either for good or evil, even grandfathers do, which many of us now are. And in his sin, wherewith he made all Israel to sin. And he, Ahaziah, this is, there's a couple Ahaziahs in Scripture. One was the king of Israel, another was the king of Judah. We'll read about them both here. And Ahaziah did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of his father Ahab and in the way of his mother, who was Jezebel, and in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin, for he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel, according to all that his father had done. And he, Ahaziah, different Ahaziah, king of Judah, walked in the way of the house of Ahab and did evil in the sight of the Lord, as did the house of Ahab, for he was the son-in-law of Ahab. So even son-in-laws can be influenced by their father-in-laws. And he, Jehoshaphat, walked in the way of Asa, his father, and departed not from doing that, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And there came a writing to Jeroram from Elijah. How would you like the, the prophet Elijah to write you a personal letter? That would be like getting a personal letter in the mail from Pastor White. And you're like, I am in trouble now. Because Pastor White doesn't write personal letters. And there came a writing to Jeroram from Elijah the prophet saying, Thus saith the Lord God of David thy father, because thou hast not walked in the ways of Jehoshaphat thy father, nor in the ways of Asa king of Judah, but hast walked in the way of the kings of Israel, and hast made Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem to go a-whoring like the whoredoms of the house of Ahab, and thou hast slain thy brethren of thy father's house. Here was, this, here, here was a man who had six brothers, seven boys born into that home, six brothers, he kills all of his brothers, just so he can secure the throne. That's crazy. He says, your brothers were better than thyself. Behold, with great plague 
will the Lord smite the people in the house of thy wives and thy gods. And thou shalt have great sickness. Because you didn't follow the example of your godly father. You will have great sickness, disease of your bowels, until your bowels will fall out by reason of the sickness day by day. I don't know what kind of sickness that is, but you know what? I can't think of anything worse than having gut rot to where your bowels literally then fall out of your body. Why? Because he would not follow the example of his godly fathers. The Bible said, And Josiah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father, declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. Again, these are just, these are just a few examples of those who followed godly fathers and those who followed the ungodly fathers, some who had godly fathers but still refused to follow them. The powerful influence of fathers. Fathers, do you believe that you can shape the emotional, psychological, and spiritual health of your children? Do you believe that? I'm going to say that again because some of you didn't hear that. Do you fathers believe that you can shape the emotional, psychological, and spiritual health of your children? One uh, man, this was a few years ago, was walking by and he was seeing some masons laying block. And so he walked up to the men and he said, hey, what are you guys doing? And one guy said, I'm laying brick. Another guy said, I'm building a wall. Another man turned and enthusiastically, with genuine concern over what he was doing, said, I'm building a great cathedral. Kind of a different perspective on their job, right? If you were to ask a father, what are you doing? Maybe he would say, well, you know, I'm headed off to work to support my family, or, you know, I'm just trying to raise these kids, or I'm trying to put food on the table. But every one of us as fathers ought to say, you know what? I'm doing my best to shape the values that my children will carry with them for the rest of their lives. I'm building lives. Yes, fathers can shape the emotional, psychological, and spiritual health of their children. Now, I was born in 1961. So I'm just a young buck still. saw someone who I haven't seen in a long time earlier this week, and they said, have you ever changed? I said, really? And they said, yeah, you've um, put on some weight. <laughs> put on some weight. My little granddaughter was sitting in my lap the other night, just a couple nights ago, and she's over, she's rubbing my tummy, and she said, you have a big baby in your tummy, Papa. <laughs> I mean, had to explain to her the facts of life that men don't have babies. 
this other person said, you know, you put on some weight and, wow, have you ever turned gray? I was born in 1961. In 1960, less than 10% of children in America were raised in a home without a father. I'm 57 years old. Less, less than 10% were raised without a father when I was born. You know what it is today? According to the U.S. Census Bureau, there are 24 million children being raised without a father. That's one in every three children. And we wonder why our society is the way it is. Have you ever noticed we just don't get it, but God's got it? The black community, I'll never forget this one. We were trying to figure out what was wrong with my wife. One of the doctors that we went to see was a, a black man. And uh, he said, I just, he said, I, I can't believe you're in here with your wife. He goes, I never see women come in here with their husbands. And then he began to tell us about the black community. I'm going to tell you, it was heartbreaking. Do you realize that over 75% of black families, the father's not in the home? Over 75%. We now have a fatherless generation. And I want you to understand something. The liberal left has done a good job. Haven't they? The enemy has done a good job. According to the U.S. Department of Health, 63% of youth suicides come from homes without fathers. 90% of homeless children do not have a father in the home. According to the Center of Disease Control, 85% of children who show behavioral disorders come from homes without fathers. According to the Justice, the Criminal Justice and Behavior International Journal, page 14, 80% of rapists come from homes without fathers. The National Principles Association report. Article, A Father's Factor in Education. 71% of high school dropouts come from homes without a father. Children with fathers who are involved are 40% less likely to repeat a grade in school. Children with fathers who are involved are 70% less likely to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to get A's in school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. 
75% of all adolescent patients in clinical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. Seriously, I could go on and on and on. Let me say it again. As a society, we're not getting it. But God has it. That's, listen to me. That's why Satan is doing his dead-level best to break up the family. Church, we cannot allow this to happen to our Christian families. This is not happening. We're going to obey God and walk after his commandments. In the Old Testament, there's a story. Some of you may be familiar with this. It's the evil king, Manasseh. And I think he stands as a warning to all of us as fathers. And Listen to what it says. Because Manasseh, king of Judah, hath done these abominations and hath done wickedly above that of the Amorites. Now, if you are familiar at all with the Old Testament, you have all these ites in the Old Testament. Jebusites and Hittites and Amorites and all the other ites. The Amorites were the most wicked of all the nations in the Old Testament. They were number one. It says Manasseh, who was a child of God, king of Judah, hath done more wickedly above all that the Amorites did, which were before him, and hath made Judah also to sin with his idols. Therefore thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Behold, I am bringing such evil upon Jerusalem and Judah, that whosoever heareth of it, both his ears shall tingle. Manasseh was wicked by anyone's standards, but he was even more wicked than the pagan Amorites. Not only did he commit personal sin, but his personal sin influenced a whole nation and brought God's judgment upon That That's why I said earlier, fathers determine the course of a nation. Our nation is a mess because our fathers are a mess. I will bring such judgment upon the nation because of the fathers that people who hear it, their ears will tingle. After Manasseh's death, he had a son that took the throne. His name was Ammon. And it said Ammon became king. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord as his father Manasseh had done. He walked in all the way that his father walked. Served idols, worshipped them, forsook the Lord God of his fathers, and walked not in the way of the Lord. Since young children usually admire their fathers, don't they? And then they grow up. But most young children really do admire their fathers and they want to be like their fathers. I remember, I, I remember distinctly 
wanting to be like my father. And I, I said to my dad, I said, Dad, I want to wear my hair like you. And uh, Daniel mentioned in Sunday school, a little dab will do you. That comes from the Brill Cream commercial. How many know what Brill Cream is? <laughs> the older generation knows what Brill Cream is. But Brill Cream was Brill Cream. That's what it was. Just put a little dab on your hand and rub it in your hair and gave you nice hair. I said, my dad, dad, I want to wear my hair like yours. And my dad had this receding hairline that went back like this, and he had like an arrow coming down. I thought that was the coolest thing to have an <laughs> arrow coming down, you know. I said, dad, I remember my dad said to me, Dan, you'll eventually get it. <laughs> yeah, young children want to be like their father's. The Apostle Paul set himself up as a father figure to the church at Corinth, a very carnal church that was in desperate need of good fatherly examples. And he set himself up as a father figure to them. He said, I have begotten you through the gospel. He had led them to the Lord. And listen to what he said. He said, follow me, even as I also am following Christ. To the Philippian church, he said, Brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which so walk as you have us for an example. Dads, Christ has to become our pattern. And as Christ becomes the pattern for our lives, by God's grace, our children will make him the pattern for their lives. And may the verse ring true, his children will be blessed after him. I want to leave you with a few thoughts here. And I want to do so by means of questions. And I compiled these questions and I put them together to really get you fathers to think. We're going to be done here. I'm going to ask you 20 questions. Wasn't there a program or something, 20 questions? Dads, if your children follow in your footsteps, will they have a strong desire, number one, to discover God's will and purpose for their life? Will they have a strong desire to walk in obedience to the Lord? Will they desire to please the Lord with their lives? Will they desire to glorify Him? Will they... Love the Lord with all their heart, soul, and mind? Will they have a desire to walk in fellowship with God? Will they develop biblical convictions and standards? Will they refuse to compromise? Will they look forward to going to church? Will they be committed to their local church? Will they remain fundamental in their doctrine and separation? Will they serve in their church? Will they be givers? Will they love and appreciate their pastor? Will their hearts remain tender to the things of the Lord? Will they not be ashamed of the gospel? Will they live by faith, trusting God to meet all of their needs? Will they live a life of integrity? 
Will they be hard workers? And will they be people of character who maintain a good testimony? Dads? What kind of example have you been to your children? You know, when a child sees his father get up every day and take his Bible and spend time in prayer and a few minutes in the Word and then heads off to work, there's a couple things that that child learns. Number one, he learns it's important to seek the Lord. And number two, he learns it's important to work. When a child sees a dad who puts forth his best effort in doing something, it's probably going to influence that child, and they'll grow up to put forth their best effort. But when a, fa- when a child sees a father who is lazy, who has no desire to seek the Lord, don't be surprised if your children grow up with those same bad habits. I came across this quote. I've thought about it quite a bit. It says, Have the wisdom to live today with tomorrow in mind. Have the wisdom to live today with tomorrow. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.